The Geeky Retro Nerd Show is part of the Art, Comedy and Pop Culture Network of Podcasts. Hello, welcome to the Geeky Retro Nerd Show. My name is Adam. And of course, I am a geeky retro nerd. And you can listen to this podcast on all the main podcast apps, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, and Stitcher, and Spreaker, and all the other ones as well. All you need to do is search Geeky Retro Nerds Show. And as always, this show is sponsored by the tremendous guys at truffleshuffle.com. And I, I I want to give them a big, big shout out because they really, really do support me and the podcast. Something I don't talk about on the podcast is I do cinema screenings in Edinburgh. Um, I've got one coming up this weekend in the shape of The Goonies, but I'm also doing Ghostbusters, The Princess Bride. Uh, I've got Terminator 2 tomorrow. I've, I've already done things like Big Trouble in Little China, Back to the Future 2, Labyrinth, which was huge. And they've really supported me with those, given me prizes to give away, which has been really well received. So Truffle Shuffle, thank you so much. And if you head over to their website, you will see geeky t-shirts and retro gifts. And if you use my own personal discount code, GRNS15, that is GRNS15, you will get a discount of 15% when you spend £25 or more. And Truffle Shuffle does international shipping, so nobody misses out. Would you like to be credited as an executive producer on this show? course you do why wouldn't you i've had so many fantastic guests on the show i've got an incredible guest on this one why wouldn't you want to be credited as an executive producer on this show you can do this by donating to the show and all money's raised goes back into the show to grow it and enhance it and uh, make it better than what it already is if you have a look in the episode notes, there is a link to something called LiberaPay and you can donate however much you want. And in return, I will credit you on this show as an executive producer with a shout out on the episode and your name included on the episode notes, which are published on all the podcast apps. And you will get your name uh, shout it out on social media channels as well. So you can see me on Twitter at Geeky Retro Nerds and you can see me on Facebook as well, Geeky Retro Nerds Show. So have a look, give us a follow on those channels. So who are the executive producers for this show? Well, the executive producers for this show are Liam O'Hare, who's actually opened a comic book store in Calendar in Scotland called Carnac Comics. And you can see them on Facebook. Have a follow. I wish you well with that opening, Liam. Um, also, Glyn Davies, Dee Flynn, Joy Gradwell from Mind Active, and Mark Straker. So thank you so much for donating to the show. Uh, it's it, Sincerely, it's really appreciated. Uh, thank you so much. And like I say, everything goes back into the show to make it better. So if you want to be credited as executive producer, have a look for the link in the episode notes and donate whatever you want. Now then, what a guest I've got on this show right now. Uh, I'm absolutely chuffed to bits to get him on the show. I'm a huge fan and he's he's got a TV show out it's on Sky One. It's it's out today. It is series two of In the Long Run. In the Long Run is a TV show created by Idris Elba, and starring alongside Idris Elba in the show is the incredibly talented. I mean, what a talent this guy is. There's nothing he can't do. He's a comedian, a musician, an actor. He's absolutely brilliant. He is Bill Bailey, and he spoke to me about series two of In the Long Run and loads of other stuff. Honestly, he had me in stitches. I hope he has you in stitches as well. I'm sure he will. Here we go. So on this week's show, I've got another 
fantastic, and I mean fantastic, guest for you. Amongst other things, this person is a comedian, an actor, a musician, uh, loads and loads of other things. Super talented. So glad to be saying welcome to the show, Bill Bailey. Bill, how are you doing, mate? Hello there. I'm fine, thanks. Good. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for that introduction. It's very kind. You're very welcome. Um, Bill, I'm, I'm so pleased to get you on the show for a couple of reasons. First reason is I have a lot of Americans on this show and I have to rein in my accent to be oh. understood. Ah, yes. Okay. <laughs> so, I'm, so I'm hoping I can relax a little bit with you, Bill, and, and just ah. let loose with my dulcet Northumbrian tones. Absolutely. Yeah, now you go for it. More. Go, go more. Go, you know. Uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> Full on, full on Northumbria. Full on the Northumbrian eye. <laughs> yeah. See, people say to me, "Oh, you're a Geordie," and I correct them. I say, "Well, actually, I'm not. I'm a, I'm, I'm Northumbrian." Ah, I see. So, you, whereabouts do you hail from? Then, are you sort of uh, a little bit south? I'm, south, no, I'm south of Northumberland, north of Newcastle. Uh, Newcastle. I'm, I'm from a, I'm from a place called Ashington. Ashington. Yes, I know it well. Do I you? Was there, I was there only the other day. <laughs> uh, and no, honest, because I was visiting uh, uh, someone in hospital, which it has a very good hospital there in Ashington. The Wandsbeck. And uh, yeah, the Wandsbeck. Um, and it's a, a fine establishment. And it's all, it was a sort of a real mining town, wasn't it, Ashington? And there's yeah, a quite biggest. a big, there's a fantastic sort of sculpture as you enter the town, isn't there? There is, I, yeah. It was, the, yeah. it was the biggest coal mining village in the world. Yeah. The yes, whole, the whole wide world. Yes, of course it's not now. <laughs> no, no, not so much. No, there's a there's a, there's not much left of that really. There's no, a, no. But uh, yes, it has a, a proud legacy of um, of the northeast. Very proud. And the other reason I was glad to get you on the show, Bill, is because you are the first comedian I've had on my podcast. Really. Yeah, you are the very first comedian. So by oh. default, then you are the funniest person <laughs> I have had on my show. You've, wow. you've actually you've beat Pat Sharp in the second place. <laughs> yeah, it's got the competitions really yeah. eating up. <laughs> you've beat him in the second place on oh, the, the chart of funniest finally, people. Finally, finally, I've beaten Pat Sharp at something. <laughs> Congratulations! You must Thank be you. you must be I'm thrilled a bit. Made up. I'm talking. <laughs> I'm I'm chuffed to bits. I'm <laughs> stoked. <laughs> uh, Bill, what my podcast is about mainly yes. uh, is about um, my childhood. It's it's heavily influenced by the things I enjoyed growing up in the eighties. I was born in nineteen eighty, so you know I was I was ah. a kid in the eighties, uh, early nineties, and I talk a lot about the things I loved back then. But what I find myself doing now, Bill, is watching a lot of things on the TV now that are set. Back then, back in yes. the 80s, so things yeah. like Stranger Things, the Goldbergs, and uh, your show, In the Long yeah. Run. Yes. Yeah. Bill, do, for people who might not have seen In the Long Run yet, what is In the Long Run all about? Well, In the Long Run it was uh, created by Idris Elba, and uh, it's it's about his, essentially his childhood growing up in London in the 80s. Uh, his mum and dad, they moved to London from Sierra Leone and they uh, made their home in, in London. And he grew up in the 80s, you know, he's, um, and so this, this show, the idea for this show was very much uh, revisiting that time and recounting his experience of what it was like to grow up in East London uh, in the eighties and the kind of, you know, the, the trials of adolescence that he went through, uh, the sort of family dramas, um, the, the, the sort of the, the dramas that his, that his father and his extended family, uh, would go through their neighbors and friends. So it's very much, um, a sort of autobiographical piece and the characters in it are drawn from his own family and friends. Um, and also some of them are sort of composites of other characters, but essentially it's very much a personal, uh, a history of, of his, his childhood in London. And so, uh, I guess for, for fans of Idris Elba, it would be something a bit different, you know, um, people, Absolutely. 
you know, will know him from, from say, for example, The Wire, from Stringer Bell, or um, from his appearances as as Heimdall in the Thor, the Marvel yeah. movies. You know, <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, so he's, you know, he's a proper movie star. Or from Luther, for example, which is a very sort of gritty kind yeah. of um, you know cop drama um, that was set in again and set in set in, uh, in this country in Britain. So so this is essentially quite a bit of a departure in many ways because he Absolutely. plays a, you know it's a comedy, it's a sort of light you know, family comedy drama, and he you know and he plays Walter who was his own father. So again, that's quite a sort of you know, a bit of a head trip playing your own father, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, and I play the character of Bagpipes, which is uh, his his neighbour, and it works with him at the at the at the plant, so in the factory. So it's a, it, it's a very sort of you know in some ways quite traditional. Uh, it, it's a bit you know like a you know sort of a I suppose I mean he talks about the other things that he references like Only Fools and Horses, for example. Yeah. Shows like that where there was a there was a, a warm kind of feel of nostalgia about it but also characters that are drawn from his own life that was sort of you know that that gives it a real you know a warmth and a and an authenticity so it's yeah it's that's the show and um it's it's set all in filmed and uh, and shot all around uh in in london so it's uh you know there's very much a sort of filmed on council estates and shops and factories and a lot of it's shot in in the studio but yeah that's where it's that's where it's filmed and, and like you say, it's it's very nostalgic, isn't it? And and it it's very popular these days. Like I said before, there's a lot of programs yeah. uh, set, particularly back in the eighties. Um, mm. How what is it about in the long run that makes it stand out from from well, the rest I, of them? Because it's been really I, well received, hasn't it? Yeah. Yes. I mean, th- that's right. I mean, the first series um, uh, was uh, it came out and it. it pretty much you know generally people really liked it um it got some great positive reaction won a few awards and i think really because it's something a bit different i mean that's what struck me about it when i first read the script Uh, and i just thought this is something i've not really seen uh, on tv yet so there's a there's a you know I mean, the, the 80s obviously is a great for me anyway, because I mean, I, I when I first came to London when I was a teenager, it was around about this time, the sort of the, yeah. the, the where this this is set sort of like early to mid 80s, like 85, 84, yeah. 85, 86, that was all done. So I was kind of, I was a teenager, come from the West Country, you know, sort of this, you know, sort of sleepy town in the middle of Somerset. <laughs> and I was, came to London and it was so exciting and, and dynamic and it felt like you know this is the, the heart of everything and yet it was a time of great change of great convulsive change it was you know there was strikes and industrial action and riots and 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 violence and then yet there was there was a lot of creativity there was a, it was an acquisitional yeah. aspirational decade um it you know obviously not all great it was obviously it's often caricatured or portrayed as quite a sort of shallow decade, very materialistic. And, and of course, you know, the, it was the decade of Thatcher as well, yeah, which is so yeah. meant that there was this, this sense of, you know, constantly having to sort of fight against a, 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 a sort of an oppressive force and the government. So there's a, there's a real sort of like a cauldron, really a crucible feel to the eighties, I thought. And that's what I felt about coming to London. It was like, wow, this is exciting. This is, you know, anything could happen. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think what's what was what was also makes it, it gives it a real sort of uh, a, a different sort of sound, different look, is the fact that the um, you know Idris's uh, family were from Sierra Leone, so there's so there's there's um, uh, accents, there's dialects yeah. from Sierra Leone, there's you know Creole, which is the Sierra Leonean dialect, but not only that, you know there's um, uh, the dialects from Ghana, from Nigeria, and we just, you know, I don't think we've actually heard this, you know, on the TV. You know, we just you don't really sort of tend yeah. to hear much of that spoken in a in a what is effectively quite a big mainstream family comedy drama. So I thought that God, this is quite in a quiet way, it's quite revolutionary because yeah. you know we're sort of hearing and seeing people from 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 countries and cultures that perhaps we don't know. Uh, much about yeah and and uh, you know when i was when i was researching for this chat bill 
and um, I was I was looking for bits and pieces on in the long run. There was there was a TV show that kept cropping up in all the write ups, and and I don't think it's a it's a, a a very good comparison. And that TV show was the Desmonds. Yes, yes, that's right. And the Desmonds, I suppose. I mean, the 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 comparison is this was the story of uh, a black family living in London and the kind of, you know, the, the tensions and all the rest of it that 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 uh, surround around that. And there's the sort of the patriarch of the family and all the rest of it. And and I think, yes, I mean, that in, in as much as the there are it was predominantly um, you know, a black family. That's the focus of the of the sitcom. Yes, I suppose that's. But that's really sort of where the yeah, comparison ends. ends. You know, yeah. um, uh, you know, because it was it was very much in the sort of the the family sitcom mode. The the Desmonds. Whereas this is very much is it is that, but it's also set against the kind of events of the of the decade. And I think that you know, I think early on when I when I first spoke to Idris when he asked me if I wanted to do it. And he, he mentioned then, he said that he didn't want to shy away from the more, the slightly, the kind of uglier sides, if you like, of, of yeah. that decade. You know, the, the overt racism, the prejudice, there was a sense of threat of violence. You know, there was, it was, you know, kind of quite, a, 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 you know, there was, in some ways, it was, it was, like I say, it was quite raw. It was a, it was a, you know, a brutal time, but yeah. he didn't want that to be, to take front and center it's not you know an issues based kind of thing a polemic about the the politics of the age but they are there in the background it's very yeah. much the background the backdrop to this to this um to this sort of lighter sort of family comedy drama so i think it was that's kind of what gives it these interesting elements to it that sort of if you combine all those things together you get something that's quite unique yeah so um and, and... As a side note, while I'm on the subject of tedious links to other TV shows, when you Google yeah. in the long run, you know when it says um, users also searched or users also liked? Yes. Uh, when I Googled it today, it came up with um, users also searched the Russ Abbott show. <laughs> <laughs> That's, wow. Uh, so I, now, don't know why, I don't know what people are doing. No, but you see that there is. Um, oh, that's is, interesting. Is there a link? Isn't it? Yes. Is there a link? To yes. The Russ show? There, <laughs> there is. <laughs> <laughs> um, because one of the actresses uh, who was in the first series um, of oh. uh, the, uh, the in the long run. Was in the in the Russ Abbott show. Um, she now that, just let me get this right. Brilliant. Um, hang on, hang on. I want to. <laughs> I just want to get this right. Did you think we'd be talking about the Russ Abbott show? No, I didn't think we'd be talking about that. <laughs> when um, I said here before we started, oh, can we talk about other stuff? Do you know the actress Bella Emberg? Yeah, right? yeah. Well, Bella Emberg. Uh, who was in the Russ Abbott show? She plays a character in the first series of In the Long Run, and uh, I had, I had, yeah. So there's, <laughs> there's the link. I had met, I had quite a few scenes with her. She was absolutely brilliant. She was hilarious, and God bless her now. She's she's left us. She's she sort of she she's actually she died actually after the um, after the series. So this was a almost the last job that she did. So it's a it's a fantastic uh, um, legacy for her. But you know, I mean, there there you go. That's it. That's a pub quiz question for you. Name and think between here. There you go. That's it. So I was going to ask you, but I think you've already mentioned it, Bill. Um, I was going to ask you, did Idris himself approach you about yes. uh, the role of bagpipes? Yes, he did, and and uh, it was. Um, I mean, I think that. First thing it was, I got a script, and uh, I looked at the script, and I thought it was it had something about it. Like I say, all those things I mentioned, it had a kind of energy to it, and a bit of crackle, and it was kind of raw and a bit different. And I thought, yeah, this is an opportunity to play, you know, a character that sometimes is for me is a bit against type. You know, normally I play 
um, you know, bewildered West Country farmers. So, uh, you know, or um, <laughs> or um, small time drug dealers or the voices of animals, you know. So so uh, so being able to play a sort of kind of rounded character who's like, a, you know, who's a bit he's got issues and he's got a young wife who's had an affair and he's stressed about that. And he's stressed about his job and, you know, but he's clearly, he's got a bit more depth to him because he's not, he doesn't really fall into that sort of stereotype of a white, uh, the man in that era, you know, he's sort of obviously clearly, he thinks a little bit more about things. And so there was a kind of a lot going on. And I thought, actually, you know what, this is quite an interesting character to get my teeth Mm -hmm. into. And then I went and, 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 chatted to him and he sort of he said oh you know he just asked if i was i was up for doing it and of course you know i said uh, yeah this is this is great so um it was very much uh it was you know that for me i you know i think being part of a of an ensemble is also yeah. is is great because stand-up is quite a solitary profession as the name <laughs> that's yeah. the nature of it you know <laughs> and so you know you end up you do you know you might do a show to a lot of people and then i but you end up in a hotel room on your own, staring at the trouser press, you know, <laughs> trying to sort of get things out of the minibar without charging them, the, you know. I mean, that's what you end up doing. So, you know, so, um, like... Uh, it was nice uh, to have a bit of company. Nice a bit of company. Um, <laughs> nice to have a hangout with some some from actors and great great folk. And, you know, it was good. It was good fun. Was the role created with you in mind, do you know? Uh, I think... The, uh, uh, the the initial idea was, yeah, something, I mean, it was me or something very similar, but yes, it was. And um, uh, so, again, it was something which, you know, you, you, it's, it's obviously it means it's a lot easier when you when that happens. You know, you sort of, you realise, you, you know, you, part of me is, I have mean, to play a version of myself in some ways, but uh, yeah, yeah, it was. And, and what's it like working with the future James Bond <laughs> well, there you go. Um, obviously, there's, there's, you know, there's, uh, this, he's, he's a very busy man, you know, and he, uh, he's obviously off, you know, he's in demand and lots of films. I mean, he would be, he would go to, we'd be shooting a scene, and then he, the next day he would be, he'd have to go and film, uh, and he, he'd come back. He said, "Oh, what, what, Idris, what have you been doing?" He goes, "Oh, I just had to be a cat." Uh, you know, I was dressed up as a cat doing a scene with Taylor Swift. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. Usual sort of thing then. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. There we go. You know. So um, I don't know. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, the whole Bond thing is just he, he kind of he loves to wind up people about it. You know, this great photograph when he was at, I think it was at the Golden Globes and he took a picture yeah. of himself with uh, Daniel Craig. You know, like hey, yeah, how about this guy? You know, so like yeah. Gets the whole sort of you know rumor mill working again. But, uh, yeah, I think you'd, I think you make an excellent Bond. Sort of, I think he'd be superb. But you know, you say you say he's, uh, Idris is a busy guy, and I'm sure he is. But you're a busy fella as well. Um, you know, I was you know, actually you know when uh, Sky contacted me about this uh, chat. Yeah. I, I replied saying, "Yeah, of course, sign me up. Would love to speak yeah. to Bill, and if Idris is interested as well, I'd, I'd like to have him on the show as well." And then I looked at your yeah, Twitter. Yes. And do Do you know you've got three point three million followers? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So th- so then I looked at Idris's, and he's only got two point seven. Yeah. Exactly. So, so I said to Sky, it doesn't matter about Idris. I don't <laughs> want him anymore. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you see, you're basing your fame there on your Twitter <laughs> following, which is, uh, yes, I think that's, uh, that's, yeah, that's the, that's the modern the world, the way the world is, isn't it? It's like, you know, um, I guess it counts for something. I don't know how many of them are real. Who are, who knows whether they're, maybe half of them are bots. Uh, so, but yeah. Uh, obviously, it's very, yes, much a, it's very much a measure, isn't it, these days of a social yeah. status or whatever. You introduce yourself to somebody. Hi, my name's Adam. Oh, how many Twitter followers have you got? Yeah, uh, I just, uh, I just, <laughs> I just say, uh, yeah, Bill Bailey, three point three. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so, and you are. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, it's funny though. You end up doing it though. It's it's terrible. It's a terrible thing because it shouldn't be a measure of anything, really. No, not at all. But but it, but it unfortunately we're so 
driven by reviews and ratings, you know, that I I end up looking at, it's almost like top trumps, you know, you end up looking (laughs) around at people going, oh, Sansa Sansa's got, they've got the same followers as me. Oh, so I'm I'm the same as them. Does that mean that, you know, we, we have a similar level of fame? Is that, is that right? Can that be right? You know, if, like, I'm ever, if I'm ever playing celebrity top trumps, yeah, um, and I've got your card and my opposition's got Idris, I'm I'm definitely going to pick Twitter yeah. Hour. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe though Twitter's might be on. Uh, it might be on the way out. I don't know. I mean, who knows? You know. Yeah. Let's see, eh? Hey, I don't know. I don't get it. I mean, my, I've got a teenage son. He's going near and near it. You know, oh. like. You know, it's that they just don't bother with it. I think it's just a, uh, it might be a, a giant um, echo chamber that might be about to just you know, implode on itself. But it's a it's a weird thing, Twitter. It's just it is, it's a curious thing. It's like you know, you, you have to know how to handle it as well. It's a bit, yeah. it's a bit tricksy. You know, yeah. if you don't, if you don't know how, if you're not over it you can get yourself into all sorts of strife and trouble with it as you oh. as we've seen you know in the i mean almost every day every week someone is unearthed some in a rather ill-considered tweet and that can yeah. be that that can you know cost you a job you know your sort of careers have been ended yeah. over it. it's a, absolutely it's a, yeah it's a it's a very sort of uh it's <clears throat> you've got to handle it with care you have and i, and I think twitter reached peak Twitter the other day anyway. It's definitely downhill yeah. all the way from here when that spat with Colleen Rooney <laughs> and Rebecca Vardy the other day. God, yeah. <laughs> had the, had the world gripped. Yes. And, and, and the whole Twitter community seemed to come together as one. <laughs> yes. Um, against Rebecca Vardy. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy, isn't it? It's, it's never going to get any better than that. No, it isn't. Um, so anyway, back in the yeah. long run, um, bagpipes. Why why is he called bagpipes? Find out the answer to that after this. Um, bagpipes. Why why is he called bagpipes? Yeah, well, this is a bit of a bone of contention. I I think the thing is, there's a very uh, slightly unseemly story about going about a vacuum cleaner that we really want to. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and something happened anyway and then he ended up with this nickname and uh it's never mentioned ever again so uh <laughs> that's it you know i'll leave it at that make of it what you will <laughs> oh dear me oh. um i'm just going to take a drink after that yeah <clears throat> so season two uh is it's Starting tomorrow on Sky yes. One. Yep. And it, more of the same. What can we expect in season two? With no yeah. no spoilers. Yeah, no spoilers. <laughs> no spoilers. Um, no, but, but yeah, I mean, it does. It pretty much picks up exactly where we left off. Um, you know, we 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 drop into these uh, families' lives uh, at the end of series uh, one. Um, the Walter, which is Idris's character is sort of in a kind of bit of a bind. What do they do about their jobs? You know, the jobs are under threat at the plant. And, of course, you know, um, you know, Bagpipes is thinking that, you know, that the the job is safe and, that you know, that somehow they're all going to get a pay rise. And he's already started to spend the money. You know, he's already started thinking about, oh, we're going to move out of the countryside and all the rest of it. And, uh, <laughs> but actually... The reality is that maybe that's not going to happen, and uh, we're sort of plunged into uh, industrial action in series two. So it causes a lot of stress, and that this runs out throughout the whole series. Um, you know, but what happens? They need more money. Uh, you know, sort of they're a bit strapped for cash. Uh, it causes tension at home. So yes, it's um, that's the real sort of the backbeat of uh, of series two. Yeah, and like I say, Wednesday, 16th of October on Sky One. Um, so, you know, I said before, season one was really well received, must have been, because you've got a, a second yeah. season. It, it's, are they talking about a season three yet? Or yes. The early days? Yes. yes. Absolutely, yeah. In okay. fact, uh, yeah, we're, um, we're, we're, you know, season three is, is already, you know, done. 
done uh done and dusted so um oh, wow. you know so uh, yeah it's uh it's there's a sort of uh, it's great there's a lot of continuity between it it sort of like flows on it is you know there's no great sort of leaps in time or whatever it's very much a continuity of what's happening with the with the families and and yeah. you know and where they end up but um i think the thing is that you know the fact you know is 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 such great fun because tw- it takes a, it takes a lot to get a thing up and running, you know. I think, yeah. That's the thing. Trying to get a new comedy mm-hmm. is is very difficult. It's hard to get right. There's a, there's you know it's always a it's kind of, you know you're trying to work with the tone and the and the feel of it. Sometimes you know you you it's it can be a bit unwieldy when you start. You don't quite know how it's going to come out. And I, I think when you when you when something gels as it did, I think then you realise actually in a lot of this we've done a lot of the work now, you know, sort of like trying to establish yeah. the characters, who they are, and then you can sort of have fun with it then. Yeah. Um, and, and I suppose as well, you know, having a great cast helps. Um, yes. Getting oh, these shows up and running and, and getting people uh, watching. And, and, it's, and it's a fantastic cast. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. Some, some brilliant, um, brilliant actors. It was a great, great joy to work with all these people. I mean, Idris himself, you know, playing the, the Walter, then his, Wife Aggie played uh, brilliantly by Madeleine Appiah, um, and then my uh, on-screen wife uh, Kirsty played by again brilliantly with Kelly Shirley, and then there's a Walter's younger brother Valentine, um, who's uh, played by Jimmy Akinbola, who brings this great hilarious sort of energy to it, <laughs> and um, and also the character of Rajesh is very is very funny as well, played by Neil D'Souza, who is sort of like the the kind of management at the plant, and who's sort of a bit of a henpecked husband, you know, his wife, and he's living with his 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 father and in his father's house, and he's constantly sort of trying to think about ways to improve his life. So you know, so there's a there is a great cast, and there's a lot of a rotating cast of some terrific sort of. Um, uh, you know, character actors and people that come in and yeah. uh, and and you know join the series. Um, you know, we uh, you know, so it's 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 uh, Kenneth Cranham. I mean, is in is in this uh, series mm. playing my father, playing Bagpipes' father, which is which is a great joy to him to meet him. So yeah, it's been uh, it's been great fun. Sky Sky sent me <clears throat> the first episode, um, and I watched it on the bus. Going to a Comic Con on Saturday oh, yeah. morning. <laughs> of course, I wasn't driving because I fancied a pint. Um, ah. So I got the bus and I thought, oh well, I can I can watch this on the bus on the way through. And I watched it and it's really really good, excellent. Yeah. Um, and I hope this good. season, I hope this season is as well received as the first, if not better. And yeah. In fact, I was just thinking to myself, there was was season two and three. Did you record them together? Yeah. Yes. All oh, right. So that yeah. so season two and three. Yeah. Of in the long run is the Back to the Future two and three, yeah, <laughs> of Sky One sitcoms. There you go. <laughs> um, so the the show's set in the mid eighties, and I actually read it was set in nineteen eighty five. Yeah. Um, now, like I said before, my, my show is about you know th- that era. Yeah. Uh, the movies, music, TV of that time, and I think yeah. nineteen eighty five. It was a fantastic time, particularly for movies. And I think you're a bit of a fan of 80s pop culture as well. Yes. Um, so, so in 1985, movies like Back to the Future. Yep. And actually, that Comic-Con I was at at the weekend, I met Christopher Lloyd there. Oh, brilliant. I had, I had my picture taken with him in the DeLorean. <laughs> fantastic. Oh, yes. there you go. So we brilliant. had... So we had Back to the Future, The Goonies, We Had Science, The Breakfast Club, Rambo, Rocky Four, Cocoon, Teen Wolf, the Bond yeah. movie in 1985 was A View to a Kill. Is yeah. any of your favourites in yeah. there, Bill? Well, I think that you mentioned The Goonies there, which is a which is a terrific film, you know. And sort of like it, it I, I mean, I'm, I think perhaps I don't know, but I mean, it seems to be like that sort of feel that is is captured by Stranger Things. Would, yeah. You know oh, you yeah. You oh, know. absolutely, yeah. Um, so things like we had uh, the Goonies, uh, yeah. E.T. in particular, yeah. and Stranger Things, and, and that's why I loved that show. Yeah. Uh, yes. So much. So I think it, I think probably had a, a a very lasting influence on a lot of 
uh, a lot of people are, you know, who grew up in that and, and sort of use those as, as inspiration as sort of to, you know, almost, it's almost text, isn't it? It's like a kind of re research or reference material to sort of, to use that, to base that yeah. into films, you know, yeah. and I think that, and I think maybe that, you know, like the, the, the decade is, is a decade of where, you know, we're, we're, there was a kind of a, an energy to it, a look to it that mm -hmm. we, we that everyone feels a great sort of fondness for in what, what you know, in some way, yeah. um, you know, and, uh, and, and of course it's pre-mobile age, pre-computer age. So yeah. I think maybe, maybe there's something in that. I think maybe it's, you know, generally people feel a sort of a longing for that in a way, a simpler time when so. we, when we weren't so dependent on, on, on technology. And, you know, like, you know, there's a scene where we you know in, in series one of in the long run where we get a microwave and we're just fascinated by this microwave. <laughs> we just stand in the kitchen, staring at it, you know, <laughs> like it's some magical thing from outer space. And that's actually very much, it mimics my, my own parents experience. Cause they, I always thought it was funny that in 1984, they bought a microwave and I just thought this is a real sort of, this isn't quite how 1984 was supposed to be, you know, according to George Orwell, we were supposed to be all <laughs> living in some police state and our thoughts are being, you know, <laughs> listened to and we're trapped in rooms, which are our darkest fears. And no, what we do, we're watching a potato going round and round on a, on a plate and worrying about it. Like, Oh, look at it. Look at it. Is it on? Has it finished yet? Oh, don't get too close. You might cook your kidneys. Don't open the door. Oh my God. Ding. It's ready. You know, it was just the most exciting thing. You know, suddenly cooking was just the most was was available to a whole swathe of new people. Like, oh, you just, just you know, stab it, stab it, the thing, stab the pain. There we go. Ding, ready like that. <laughs> yeah, the technology of the time, like oh. um, VCRs and things like oh. that. I've got a, where I'm sitting right now. There's a I've got a VCR TV combi right behind us oh. with with my Star Wars videos. Okay. Right next to it, and and I do this thing with my daughter. She's um, sixteen now. I've got a son who's two, two as well. Yeah. Uh, but, but with my sixteen-year-old, I do this thing where I say, "Do you know what this is?" So I've got, so I've got like a VHS, and I'm saying, "Do you know what this is?" Yeah. Um, you know, we we'll go, we we'll go down the street, and we will pass a phone box. Do you know what that is? Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, I know. That's right. Dialing phones, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. I know all of that. I mean, the vi the video thing was just. I mean, it was. I mean, that in itself is a whole. Like, it's all gone, isn't it? That old whole thing about you know getting the tape out of the thing to record and getting the right channel and all the rest of it. I mean, all of that. We 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 very much show that there's a big. We feature that very much in this show, in in the second series. You know. That whole the, the excitement of getting this thing, you know, not really knowing what they were doing. They really know, you know literally what how it works. It's just yeah. kind of bluffing. Um, but yes, I mean that's sort of great. That that early uh, you know experience of tech was just yeah. fantastic. It seemed like they seemed like they were just these magical devices from another planet. Like there's a scene where one of the kids has got a Walkman and it's just he's just he's beside himself with this thing. It's just you know like. <laughs> It's um yeah great. I mean, I imagine I don't know. I imagine they are, but they imagine they're they're worth a lot now. These really things, really collectors' items. If you yeah, get, them, you know. I know. And at the time, it was like, oh, it's never going to get better than this. No, you know, <laughs> sitting right. we are sitting we are remotes control plugged into the front of the VCR, and you're <laughs> you're sitting in the middle of the living room right. floor. Yeah. Well, I mean, I remember that when my, my granddad got a TV for the, he was, he got a color TV. He was really, really chuffed, really pleased with himself, but he didn't have a remote. So and he, he couldn't be asked to get out of the sofa to change the channel. So he made a remote out of a long stick. He got a piece, <laughs> he got a piece of, he got a piece of bamboo cane out of the garden and he kind of glued a bit of, he figured out how big the, the, the knob on the TV was. And he got a bit of cork, and he glued the cork to the end of the of the. And he would sit in his sofa and just prod the TV with this thing. <laughs> Fantastic. So you don't get that now. No, you don't get that. No, there's no ingenuity now, is it? You know, you no. don't get that. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear me, Bill. Um, are you touring at the minute? Are you in the middle of a tour? 
Yeah, uh, I am. I've just I've just back in the country for a few days, and then I'm off again at the end of the week, um, going to Iceland. So I'm yeah. playing in uh, uh, there for a bit, and then I'm through uh, sort of back back to Ireland and then back over to um, Holland and Germany and Belgium. So, yes, it's a bit of a European tour that I'm in the middle of. And, and, and you know, I, I spoke to some people on Twitter um, earlier on and, and somebody I know uh, who's a fellow podcaster on the Retro Cinema podcast, uh, Gidget um, Von LaRue, she said that she saw you, I think, last year in Australia. Oh, yeah. Uh, and she said, her and a fella laughed so hard, their faces hurt. Oh, oh, well, that's... <laughs> so that's the... You know, I, I, saw on your, I saw on your website that the, the Daily Telegraph quotes as you as being the brainiest comic of his generation. But would, uh-huh. you, not, would you not rather have things like, I laughed so hard, my face hurt? Yes. Yeah, well, that's... Website. <laughs> I'd be quite happy with that. Um, I, did a, I just did a show... I mean, I I gotta say, I mean, like you know, what uh, I mean, I've been doing these comedies. I've been doing it a long time, and I've done lots of shows, and I've written lots of shows and toured them around the world. But honestly, I mean, just from the reaction of the crowd, this seems to be like by by just by the reaction I'm getting from the crowd, it be, it seems to be one of the funniest shows that are, that have I've done ever. I think. Right. I just honestly, I mean, I'm not saying that. Just saying, oh, you know, my show's great. I'm just, rea- I'm just <laughs> looking at the reaction of the crowd. There's part, there's times in the show where I have to stop because everyone's, it's just a sort of hysteria, and I'm laughing, the crowd's laughing. We have to stop <laughs> because it's just gone a bit out of hand. I got actually, I got a, a tweet from a guy in Norway. I did a show in uh, in in a place in um, I don't know, Kristiansand in southern Norway, and he said he said. Um, uh, my my girlfriend laughed so much in your show. She gave herself a hernia, right? And <laughs> yes. so then, so then there's a photograph of her in the hospital getting. <laughs> See, that's what you, that's what you want on your website. That's what you want on your website. Yeah, but I don't know about that. People are kind of worried about. Oh well, I want to go. I mean, I've, you know, ooh, better not go. I've, I've got a bit of a weak heart. I've got a hernia. I can't go. I don't want to put people off going because they <laughs> drop cock it in the middle of the show. Yeah, I'd like to see Bill, but I'm just a bit worried about my blood pressure. <laughs> really? Don't say that. Uh, anyway, anyway, I mean, it's it's a funny show. People enjoy it. People get a lot out of it, I think. And um, it's a sort of, you know, it's it's one of those things. You know, you you sometimes get you get to that point with 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 uh, comedy when you sort of you you focus all of the you get you find ways of telling stories and you put them all together and it also seems to gel sometimes more by luck than anything really so it's, I'm 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 happy with the way it's going anyway. And and you know the UK has some great comedians. Um, but aren't really known out with of the UK. But you're massive yeah. everywhere. You've you've got a global. Well, well you, could, you could go pretty much anywhere and do a tour, couldn't you? Yes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and um, and I, that's true. And I think that actually, possibly the music helps. You know, that yeah. sort of does it, it. You know, it draws people in. It makes it quite sort of universal, international. Um, I think also that you know if you've recorded a lot of stuff, like I've made a lot of DVDs of all of them made their way out of YouTube, of course. So yeah. everyone's seen <laughs> every single thing I've ever done ever, ever, but yeah. that's in a way, you know, there was a time when you think, well, okay, this is, this is a, this is a bit rubbish. You know, I, you know, that they not make DVDs anymore because you know, people just rip them to YouTube and that's the end of it. But Actually, actually, if you're, you know, more sort of, you take a view on it, but you step back and you think, right, rather let's not think about lost DVD sales. Let's think yeah. about the in the mass global promotion that these yeah. YouTube clips are doing. And I think that Absolutely. actually on balance, it has a, a beneficial effect because it gets you into territories, places all around the world where DVDs don't because of this stupid regional thing, you know, and so... I think that actually, on balance, it's been a, it's been a good thing. Certainly, in terms of in Europe, which is in in a huge appetite for British comedy and spoken, you know, uh, in, in English as well, you know. Um, so yeah, I mean, I 
I play all over the place. I mean, I think I've played, I, think, I can't remember. I think on the, uh, in this tour, I've played the most northerly and the most southerly gig on the planet in the same tour. I played, I played a gig in the Arctic Circle in, uh, in Svalbard, right? <laughs> when, well, you have to keep a gun by the door in case a polar bear gets you on the way up. And the southernmost gig is in a place called Invercargill, which is in the South Island of New Zealand, where there's giant there's sea lions on the beach. And the next thing is Antarctica. So, uh, yeah, that's the, that's the sort of the extent of this tour. So, yeah, it's been, it's been around the houses. And, and of course, you're no stranger to where I am. And I'm in Scotland at the minute, uh, oh, yeah. just outside Edinburgh in Falkirk. Uh-huh. Uh, and of course, you're no stranger to Edinburgh. You've, you've been to the, um, the, the what you call it, the Fringe Festival a lot. Oh, yes. Yep, yep. Haven't you? Uh, were you there this year? I don't think you were there this no, year, were you? No, no. I wasn't. No, <clears throat> no. Too I'm, busy. I haven't been for a while, but uh, yeah, I, I tend since... Uh, since the lad, you know, uh, having a kid, you know, summer holidays are quite precious. Yeah. And, uh, and so I've sort of, <clears throat> excuse me, I tend to kind of ring fence the summer for yeah. family holidays yeah. um, and try not to let work impinge too <clears throat> much on them. So I tend yeah. to be away in, in July and August. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. Like, and you mentioned yeah. before, um, you know the 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 music in your show. How many instruments can you play, Bill? Well, quite a few. Um, I mean, I've never recounted really them. I mean, <laughs> some, people, <laughs> some people tell. I mean, I get again Twitter. People tweet me and go, "Is it thirty-seven, Bill, or forty-nine? <laughs> uh, we're having an argument with my friend, and he says you can play fifty-two, but I don't think you can." You know, is the spoons? Does the spoons count as an instrument? <laughs> what about the kazoo? Is that an instrument? <laughs> Running a stick along some railings? Does that count? You know, and so I don't know. I mean, anything with strings. I play guitar-type instruments, so whatever. If it's got a neck and a and a and a strings, I can sort of get a tune out of it. So I don't know how many other there there are. I play quite a lot of them in the show: guitars and mandolins and mandolas and ouds and bazookis and sazzes and all sorts of things but i like very much i like modern tech i play i play a phone in the show i mean yeah i've got a phone um it's an iphone and it's got a little it plays instruments on garage band you know on the oh yeah 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 yeah. app there and i plugged it through this through the big system so there's one bit of it where i i'm playing the keyboards and also the theremin with my head and then I accompany it by playing a Chinese stringed harp on the phone. And it's a, it makes the most amazing sound. And you amplify it through the big speakers. It just sounds incredible. So I love tech. I'm a bit of a sort of, you know, um, a bit of a techie geek. I love new bits of kit. and But I also like ancient instruments as well. So uh, there's I don't know how many is the answer. Anything, keyboards, anything with a keyboard, anything with a neck. Bit of tech, something with a something with a touch screen. <laughs> I can play that until <laughs> the cows come home. Where where does your how you know where how were you Sorry, influenced? Mate, I'm just getting the old uh, hurry up to finish. Oh, right. Sorry, okay. I've got another thing happening in a minute. So go on. Right. What was okay. The last thing? So I, I tell you what, I'll <laughs> I'll wrap it up because I, I, one of my fellow podcasters, Mark Woodyet, who who hosts Skip to the End podcast and Mark and Me podcast, he'll never forgive me if I don't ask you about spaced. Okay. Uh, it celebrated its 20th anniversary yes. the other day, a couple of weeks ago, um, and it's as popular as ever now, isn't it? Space. Yeah, what, what a TV. So, yeah. What a what a TV show that was. What what was that like doing that? Did did you know at the time when you were doing it that it was yes. going to have such oh, a lasting? Very much so, because I tell you what, there's a well, the, the, you know the great combination that where, where you you realise something's very special. You have a fantastic combination of a great writing great cast and brilliant direction and production and that's what it had very much so and uh, this is you know the um, the 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 great cast you know simon and jess brilliant leads and all the other characters are all brilliant brilliantly sort of you know drawn but this was really the uh, a time of great um of where edgar you know right the director mm-hmm. when edgar directed my uh, tv show but uh, is it bill yeah. bailey which yeah. was filmed in Scotland, yeah. and 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 I I got asked Edgar to do it because he'd also I was in a thing that he directed called Asylum, which was um uh, um a sort of 
uh, a comedy that again with Simon and Jess in. And so I thought he just had a brilliant vision. And that's really what makes space as well unique is the combination of all those things, the sort of the writing, the acting, the performances, the production, but this brilliant sort of direction of Edgar, who just was able, and, uh, and, you know, it's folded into all sorts of pop culture references. And he used all these things that were sort of, you know, you didn't really see in, in sitcoms at the time, all these no. kind of zooms and whip pans and, yeah. you know, all the, the, the sort of, all the tricks and all the toys, he threw it all in there and it makes it, it just jumps out of the screen now when you see it. And uh, it was great, great fun to be in um, uh, playing Bilbo. <laughs> Bill, thank you so much for talking to me. Thank you so no much worries. for coming on the show. I'm absolutely made up oh. uh, and I can't confirm that you are the funniest oh, person thanks very I've much. had God, on the thank show. Thank God. Thank God for that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Enjoy the rest of your day, Bill. Thank you. Bye. Oh, man, what a laugh I had talking to Bill Bailey. He had me in hysterics, as you could hear, (laughs) I'm sure. A very, very funny guy. Absolutely chuffed to bits to get him on the show. I hope you liked that. Did you like that? Let me know. Come and find me on Facebook, Geeky Retro Nerd Show. Come and find me on Twitter, at Geeky Retro Nerds. Let me know if you're enjoying what you're hearing. Let me know who you want to hear on the show. I've got loads lined up, but I want to talk to people who you want to hear me talk to. (laughs) So all that's left is for me to thank my executive producers for this episode, Liam O'Hare, Glenn Davies, Dave Flynn, Joy Gradwell from Mind Active and Mark Straker. Thank you so much for your contribution to the show. It is very much appreciated. And I want to thank you, the listener as well, for listening to this show once again. Uh, Are you enjoying the shows? Let me know. Come and find me. Tell me. Um, I'll speak to you next time. Thank you. Bye-bye.